welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to do this podcast because I have so many things to talk about. I should probably split this into more than one episode, but I'm not gonna because I, when I think of something I want to say, I just really got to say it. So I've got a nice little list here. I couldn't find my notes for a while and I thought this wasn't going to happen, but here we are and I'm so excited. So it's been crazy busy here because it's the holidays and everybody is crazy busy. Um, but our crazy business busyness is kind of finally over. We had our holiday party last weekend for boot camp, and then we kind of got to <sighs> exhale. We had crap weather last week, and so we didn't have boot camp a lot. So it was kind of nice to have a little break. Um, but then starting Monday morning, we got to go back to boot camp, so that was really great. So it just felt busy because we were back to our normal schedule, but. Um, a really great tool that I've been told about a million times and I've started to use but never fully implemented is a block calendar. So a time block calendar is basically a spreadsheet and on the columns um, on the left you have every hour of the day by the half hour increment. So the rows represent half an hour and then the columns are the days of the week and you fill in and block off chunks of time for different things. And so I do just fine blocking off just what I normally do. The first part of my routine in the day is set. It's great. It's awesome. Um, my only issue is I just need to get up earlier than 4 a.m. to get it all in. But that's not practical. So I needed to sit down and look at where my time was going and then figure out how to overcome this feeling of stress that I always have because I do a billion things. And a lot of people say, you need to stop doing a billion things and just do one thing. That is such a lovely idea. Thank you. Thank you, everyone who says that to me. However, I don't have that option. I run boot camp. I'm never going to stop running boot camp. It's awesome. It's amazing. It's also part of my income. Um, I am a personal trainer. I have clients. I love my clients. I need to be a personal trainer to make money to pay things like rent. So I'm a personal trainer. I have to schedule time for my clients. I run an online program that's got a new community that has challenges and engagement and I am working on creating support and accountability. I have to spend some time doing that. That's a big part of keeping all of the clients that I serve in one place. I have personal clients that I talk to every single week. I need to check in with them. I need to look at what they're doing. I need to talk to them every week. I have a husband I need to take care of. <laughs> I have a nonprofit that I just started this last year. Um, these are all things really, really important to me. And I don't want to lay any of it down. I just don't. And I mean, I guess I could just say, I'm going to do only boot camp and make boot camp the biggest company in the entire world and open boot camp locations all over the globe and every beach. And I'm sure if I did that, I'd be massively successful because boot camp is massively successful. However, I do not want to do that thing. And so I'm not doing that. And... I just got this wonderful thing called Masterclass. And Masterclass is an online learning platform. And they also have an app. And there's classes that you can take from successful people that you've heard of. Entrepreneurs, sports stars, comedians, movie stars, um, real estate moguls. um, You know, I don't even know. I haven't even dug into it so much. 
But the first one I did watch was with Martha Stewart. And you know what she said? She said, I don't really understand the concept of downtime. I like to see how much I can accomplish in a day. And I'm like, yes, Martha. Yes, Martha. So it inspired me so much to say, screw this idea of I'm doing too much. I need to be better with my time. The end. I have all these little half hours and 20 minutes in between things. And what do I do? I sit down. I screw around on my phone. I just do nothing productive and then just get stressed that my things aren't getting done. So enter the spreadsheet time block calendar. So the magic of this is it doesn't give me more time in the day. But what I can do is I can schedule in chunks of time for all of the things that I'm working on so that I know at the beginning of the week, everything I need to do is going to get done if I stick to the schedule, which isn't the problem when I know it's all there. My problem would be Monday, I think, oh man, I get my podcast done later in the week. And so I better do it right now. And I better not do what I was kind of going to do today. And so then I'll do a podcast and then, oh, someone will want to meet. So I'll not do the podcast and I'll meet them. And now I'm feeling stressed because the podcast isn't done, but I fit other things in, blah, blah, blah. And the result is I just always felt this weight of what needed to be done. And I always felt bad that I wasn't doing it. And I was just starting to get lost and feeling lost. So Monday, I had mostly just personal training clients and coaching calls with my personal coaching weight loss transformation clients and uh, boot camp. And what else did I have on Monday? Um, Oh, I worked at the Carillon and then I had a call. And so I didn't really have anything except, you know, the things that I do by the hour on Monday. And it was such an amazing day because I wasn't thinking about I should be doing something else because it was scheduled in on other days. We even went out for a little evening with our friend Shelly because I knew I could because everything that needed to be done this past week was scheduled. So it gave me this sense of freedom to really focus in on what I was doing at the time without feeling like I should be doing something else or worrying that it was going to get done. And then in between things, I had a little list of things that I would do. So between walking from a client to the Carolyn where I work, I would return texts or return emails or look at my to-do list and see what was to come next so that I could go right from thing to thing. I had all these little tasks already marked out for me to do in those little in-between times. The result of that was Monday night, I could put everything down and be present with my husband and my friend on our little outing. It's been magic this week. I've stuck to the schedule. I was able to fit in seeing friends. I was able to fit in babysitting Sarah's baby, Sasha. I was able to fit in a whole bunch of pleasurable things because I had scheduled in the things that needed to be done when they needed to be done, which is why it's Friday night and I'm recording a podcast because this podcast is planned. I planned it earlier in the week and it's time to record it. It's been so productive. I'm also very tired because I got more done this week than I've gotten done in a long time, but my weekend has time blocked for nothing, for me time, for Roy time, for date time, for rest. It's phenomenal. And so I've had this spreadsheet template in my um, drive, in my Google Drive for three years. And I haven't used it. So here's your first lesson. Tools are only good if you use them. (laughs) So anyway, it's just been phenomenal. So I 
recommend you can find templates for these online. This was given to me to a business coach that I worked with for a minute a couple of years ago, three years ago. And um, actually using it has just been phenomenal. So now I can plan my week next week. This week was actually a little bit willy-nilly because I already had my week kind of scheduled. So I had to do like some Tetrising. But next week, I've been scheduling my calls, scheduling my work ahead of time to fit the time block schedule. And it's just so freeing. So very excited. Give that a try. Another great development this week. I had a call with um, this woman. Her name is Jessie, and she runs retreats around the world, self-love, meditation, yoga retreats around the world. She's experienced. She's been doing this for five years. I found her on Instagram. It said, recommended for you. And it was this beautiful woman here in Miami who teaches self-love workshops and she's a yoga instructor and just, I followed her and she has the most beautiful energy. I just felt so drawn to her. And so we needed more yoga instructors here at boot camp. So I asked her if she wanted to teach and she did and we met her and I just felt so at one with her heart and found out she's doing a self-love retreat in Colorado Memorial Day weekend. And my goal this upcoming year is to speak and to hold um, seminars and talks and just get out there and share what I do best and what I want to do more of. And eventually that's my full-time goal is to speak and to lead um, groups and be a motivational speaker full-time. And so I said, hey, I would love to be a part of this retreat if you have space for speakers if you have space for someone to be on this retreat that could run some workshops I have some curriculum that I've used and she's like absolutely so long story short Roy and I are going to be running this five day four night retreat in Estes Park Colorado over Memorial Day weekend with Jessica and so it's at a beautiful retreat space. Um, we're going to be doing three big hikes in the Colorado Springs area, in Rocky Mountain National, and in Estes Park. We're going to be going through hot springs. We're going to have massages. We're going to do yoga at Red Rocks. We're going to do yoga at the retreat center. Well, we're I'm not. I'm not teaching yoga. I don't know how. I'm going to lead some fun boot camp classes. I'm going to hold two of my self-love workshops. And Jessica also will be holding some self-love workshops. And Roy will be coming and he'll be the official photographer and videographer of the event. And also um, just will be kind of an assistant to Jessica and myself as we run this. So I'm so excited to be able to do this for the first time with someone so experienced and so aligned with my heart and my mission and um, to be able to go to one of the most beautiful places. I love Colorado. I've been out there a few times and um, it's just phenomenal. So if you're interested, we have early bird pricing. The price on this is so low because it's just, it's a very affordable retreat center. It's not a fancy trip. It's not roughing it by any means, but this is about going out and getting in beautiful hikes in nature. It's going to be physically demanding to a degree, um, but also a time to really spend in nature with your heart and with your soul. So if you'd like more information, um, let me know. The early bird pricing is $1,111. So you're talking about $1,100 for five days, four nights. It doesn't include airfare, but it includes transportation. We're going to be driving Jeeps. It includes meals. It includes everything um, once you get there. So phenomenal deal. That's the price through the end of the year. So if you want to go on this retreat um, with me and Roy and Jessica and a lot of other amazing people for a retreat into nature and to find yourself, just hit me up, Kristen at kristensmithonline.com. So I'm really excited about that. 
that's going to take a lot of time to put together and plan and I'm really excited. Um, I mean, it's like stoked out of my mind for it. So, um, and then once we do that, then the world opens up once I've got one under my belt of helping to lead and coordinate and I plan on doing many more of those. So stay tuned. Um, I did a little Instagram post the other day or yesterday as one, um, of my on-demand videos. I do these on-demand videos. I load up five new videos every week, um, into my online program. So, People that want to work with me, you don't have to work with me one-on-one and pay for sessions with me, which is like, you know, coaching. You can sign up for my program online at $79 a month and you can watch videos of me coaching you on all of these things and sorted by topic. And they're amazing. And I add five a week. And so this one I had, this week I had a video about water and tips to get water in. So I thought this would be a great Instagram and TikTok video. So I posted it there and showed my new Starbucks cup because one One of my tips for getting in your water is to carry water with you and to drink out of a straw because it goes right down your throat. And Starbucks has these beautiful, shiny cups, these giant 24-ounce cups with a straw. And I have been eyeballing this rose gold one for so long. And I don't like things. I don't buy things. We have 600 square feet. And Roy is constantly asking if he can throw things away because we just don't have room for anything. So I really didn't even think I should bring this 24-ounce cup into this house. (laughs) But it was on sale and I had a gift card and I got it. And it makes me so happy. I'm holding it right now and it feels so bougie and it's pretty and it's mine and it sparkles and I've got water in it. And it's amazing. (sighs) Anyway, so I just had to talk about that. Um... They have a silver one that's really shiny that I want. So if any of you out there want to buy me a present, I want the silver one. And I would most, I would say thank you so hard. And then they also have a green one, which I don't like green necessarily, but because it's shiny and pretty, I want it. And apparently there are people who collect these, like that have thousands of the Starbucks cups. And I've never understood that. I think that's insane until now. So I'm not going to do that because Roy would, he'd just make me sleep outside. He'd be like, you want all those cups? That's fine. They're going in the bed in your space and you can sleep outside. Um, He would not handle it well. But anyway, um, so there's that. What else is going on around here? Well, we watched It's a Wonderful Life the other night. That was our little Christmas evening. Ugly cried. Ugly cried. I was sobbing at the end because, you know, the moral of the story with that movie. I don't know if you've watched it. I feel like I already said this. Did I already say this on the podcast? I don't know, but basically the moral of the story is George Bailey, like he wishes he was never born. And and then they Clarence the Angel shows him what the world would be like if he hadn't been born. And it's so sad. And it was just such a reminder to me of we don't know the impact that we have as humans, right? And then it it made me think about the people who if they had not been born, I would not have the beautiful life that I have. They were instruments in everything great that I love. My best friend, Minash, um, he found out in the last couple of years that way back when in Israel, his parents um, couldn't conceive. And so they basically went to a fertility clinic back in whatever. I don't know how old he is. How old is he? He's in his 50s. Um, way back when and got went to a fertility, fertility clinic. And so he found out recently through a DNA test that his dad is not his dad's and he actually was from a sperm donor. And it was really shocking for him, right? And I, of course, like, I can't even imagine how jarring that is. But when I think about it selfishly for my life, I think way back when this couple in Israel wanted a baby so bad 
that they went out and made sure that Menashe happened. They brought that man into existence. And Menashe has been a voice in my life of encouragement and support and power for the last 10 years. And he is he has been so instrumental in all of the growth and movement and grabbing onto life that I have done since I met him. And he introduced me to his friend, Howard, here in Miami, who is the reason why I am here right now. I was here on a vacation or on a trip trying to figure out my life and Howard just spoke truth to me and he didn't know me. He was our mutual friend and he changed my life. And then long story short, when I wanted to come to Miami, I didn't really know where to live, but I remembered, oh, I have, I remember going to this one place, Howard lives, it's this big building and I liked it. And so I ended up in the building that Howard used to live in. And I think about that moment sitting on Howard's balcony when he was telling me the truth that changed my perspective and gave me the power to move forward in my life that eventually brought me down here. In that moment, sitting across the street was Roxy, who comes to boot camp now, whose life has been changed by the friends she has found at boot camp. And right across the street from where I was sitting is the beach where I would come and I would meet people that would change my life and I would fall in love and I would have the most joyful life that I can't even describe to you. In that moment, my darkest moment, honestly, of my life on the balcony at Howard's condo in this building, all of that, the stage was set and I had no idea. And so I think if Manash hadn't been gone out and put together on purpose, he wouldn't have known Howard and Howard wouldn't have met me and I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't have this amazing life. And so we just never know We just never know. We're never going to know how many lives we've changed for the good. Because Menashe's parents went and created him, Roxy has friends in a community post-retirement. And it's like, that is just such, it blows my mind. So you may think you're insignificant. If you ever think that you don't matter or you're insignificant, it's a lie. You are touching lives and you mean something to people that you'll never, ever, ever know. People will never come back and line up and tell us. They'll never find us, right? People are thinking right now, wondering where you are because you made an impact on them one time. So such a beautiful reminder. So grateful for Menashe. I'm so grateful for Howard. I'm so grateful for the path that brought me here. So it's my little philosophical, it's a wonderful life story. Um, I think that's about it as far as news from my life. Um, Operation Honeybun, I talk about it um, here and there here, but Operation Honeybun is finally a 501c3, which means that we can now receive donations and they are tax deductible to the donor. So Operation Honeybun, go out and give honey buns and treats and snacks to people who are experiencing homelessness here on the beach. Um, I'm not a soup kitchen. I can't provide services like a lot of the great organizations do, but there are just people who are never going to go into the system. They're never going to go and get the resources that are available. They, for some reason or another, are content to live with nothing on the beach, sleeping in the weeds or behind the Walgreens. Some of them have a little bit of income. Some of them don't, but they're here. And these are not drug addicted, horrible people causing problems. These are people in the communities here that um, a lot of them have some mental illness. A lot of them have issues, but they're here and they're not going anywhere. And they get shooed out of every place they go into. They're not welcomed. They are not allowed to loiter. I mean, obvious reasons. 
Um, but they walk around life, you know, being spit on and given leftovers. And yes, there are some who work the system. I get it, right? There are some panhandlers and drug addicts and they make it their living and they make more money than your grandma. And I get it, okay? There's a billion stories about why we shouldn't help all those people. But my story about why we should help those people is when I see their faces and I say, hey, do you want a donut or a honey bun? Or would you like a snack or a juice box? And I see the light behind their eyes come on and smile because someone is stopping and is giving them love, that's why I help them. Because it is a human connection that lights me up. And I don't know if it does any good in the long run for anybody. But I know in that moment, I'm a human looking at another human sharing love in the form of a honey bun or a bag of soap and shaving cream and hand sanitizer or a pair of socks or like we're going to do this weekend a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or a plate of hot breakfast it's an opportunity to be love to somebody who doesn't feel like they deserve it to someone who a lot of people would say they don't deserve it they do they deserve love just like every single one of us and that's why i created operation honey bun because jesus didn't have a clipboard and i can't solve all the problems But as I started to encounter these people when I moved here, my heart was given so much joy by just loving on them with little things. So that's what we do. And so today we had a little sandwich making assembly line with some friends. And uh, my friend Melinda is a director of Operation Honey Bun as well. And we are going to be also branching out to, we, we do not want to just stand on the boardwalk and feed people and then collect a whole bunch of people that know to come to the boardwalk and eat. That's not what we are here to do. The city doesn't want us to do that. It's all these things. So, but holidays and weekends and things like that, special little distributions. And then to collect honey buns and snacks and protein bars and bananas and keep them on hand so that when we encounter these people, we can love on them. That's one piece. But because we're a 501c3 now, I get to ask for donations from larger organizations that want to make an impact on the community. And what I'm going to be doing is holding free community events about nutrition using the honey bun as an example of like, okay, this is sweet. This tastes delicious. But let's talk about other things that are sweet and delicious that nourish our bodies. Let's talk about the role of these things in our life. I want to have these little seminars with kids, with parents. I want to have seminars like that with Adults and seniors who don't understand a carbohydrate or what the sugar does to their blood sugar. I want to use what I know about nutrition and my case against sugar to help people make better choices. And then I'm a trainer. Roy's a trainer. I've got a team of trainers. I want to take us out into the community and hold some free fun events for kids and workouts for kids and fitness experiences for the community. And I can do that with a budget where we can fund paying some instructors Um, We can hold these events for free or for donation only and be able to cover the cost. So if you're interested in donating to Operation Honey Bun, you can go to operationhoneybun.com. The website is very basic. I've got somebody working on creating a better one um, for me, but operationhoneybun.com, tax deductible donation. It's all going to be going to running nutrition and fitness programs and then sharing love with people in need. So if you want to donate, that'd be super rad. 
operationhoneybun.com. You can also Venmo. It's all one word, Operation Honey Bun. And if you live in an area where you want to have an Operation Honey Bun outreach event, just reach out to me. I can kind of tell you some tips and tricks. And I'm happy to send you a little kit to use to promote and to get a group of people together to go and hand out honey buns in your area if there are people that you think just need a little love. I just sent some Starbucks gift cards today via text to two people in the Kristen Experience community who took me up on a quick challenge I threw out the other day. I just posted an upper body workout and said, hey, who's going to do this in the next couple of days? Everybody who does this gets a, gets a prize. So I had two ladies who grabbed this super tough workout, did it, and I paid up. I sent them some Starbucks gift cards. That's the kind of fun we have in the Kristen Experience community. Tuesday night, I had a group call. They coached each other, encouraged each other. We talked about protein. We talked about movement. Everybody is getting to know each other, sharing wins, talking about the holidays, talking about how we can stay strong. Every Tuesday night, I'm in the community having a live call with everyone. So this is brand new. It's just growing, and I want you to be a part of it. This is a way for you to be in my circle, getting coached by me, getting support from me, New videos in the on-demand library every single week on mindset, nutrition, macros, how to change your lifestyle step-by-step. You'll have your own personalized plan you'll be chasing, movement, hydration, protein, and you'll get to have the support of the community. I have challenges in there for gratitude. I have challenges in there for movement and hydration. Lots of fun prizes, earning points for bigger prizes and swag, bragging rights. And the greatest part is you get to mentor each other. You get to learn it, live it, then come back and lead it with your friends. Ultimate accountability. When I ask people what they want from a weight loss program, I hear I need accountability and support and I want to feel good in my skin. Well, this is everything you asked for. You can try it for seven days for free. You go to thechristinexperience.com, scroll down to the bottom to pick one of the options uh, to pay monthly, quarterly, or yearly. You use code DECEMBER to get $50 off your first month and your first seven days for free. So if you hop in there, you look at everything and you hate it, you have no obligation, you can cancel it. But I don't think that's gonna happen. You're gonna meet Brenda and Tanya and Amanda and Mandy and Melissa and me, and you're going to feel supported. You're gonna have fun. You're gonna have incentive to get up and do more because you're gonna wanna come back and share in the experience with others. Don't wait. Let's finish the year strong and have a head start on our year together in the Kristen Experience. TheKristenExperience.com. Use code DECEMBER at checkout for $50 off and those first seven days for free. Don't wait. Do it now. So it's about to be the first of the year and I thought it would be fun to just list What not to do to lose weight in the new year? (laughs) Because there's a billion ideas and there's a billion options. And this is the time of year we're talking about New Year's resolutions. And I just want to give you a list of things that I beg of you not to do. Um, These are are things that are not going to be healthy for you in the long run and or waste your time and or defeat you. So just let's go. What not to do to lose weight in the new year? Number one, do not fall for any of these weight loss pills or injections. I know there are people in my life who've taken them and they said it was fine, blah, blah, blah. I 
can't stress to you enough that these things have a payback period. We don't know what things like Wagovi and Manjaro do to the thyroid in the long term. There are studies that show that um, rats and mice have developed thyroid cancer with these drugs and supplements and peptides. But, you know, it's minimal, they say, so it's safe for adults. We don't know enough about these drugs and it's simply it's simply not worth screwing with your hormones and your thyroid in order to lose some pounds, especially when there are safe ways to do it. I know it's tempting to get a jump start, but here's the thing. Here's how it works too. You take these injections, they work their way up. You take a little bit at a time. They don't do much right away. And then over time, you basically lose your sense of hunger. But if you eat now when you're not hungry, if you can honestly say, I only eat when I'm hungry and that is why I'm overweight, then yeah, this could help you lose weight. But if you eat for boredom or stress relief or just because you like to eat three times a day, it's not going to be very effective because it's just going to remove your hunger, make you feel fuller a little faster. But I always say if I could give most people a shot so they'd never be hungry again, they'd still want to eat. So just remember that. But don't don't fall for it. And supplements, um, pills, things like you know hydroxycut and all of these supplements that they say are safe, it's not worth it. Why am I so adamant? Well, I'm going to tell you why. When I was doing bodybuilding competitions, the stuff that we took, that it's just it's crazy the things that I put in my body in order to hit a goal. Um, estrogen blockers, fat burners, I mean, among uh, many other things. And it took my body a long time to recover from those things. And in the moment, it didn't matter. I wanted my result more than I wanted anything. But I am so sorry to my body for what I put it through by taking things that messed with my body's natural ability to do what it's supposed to do. So don't take pills, don't take subs, don't take shots, period. What else not to do? Don't eliminate entire food groups unless you're willing to do it for either a set period of time, like a month or two months, or forever. Because it's just not worthwhile to say, I'm going to go and have no carbs for a month. Well, usually if you do something like that for a month, you're just going to hyper-focus on carbs and after a month, you're going to go hog wild on them. How do I know this? Because this is the cycle I see in my clients. This is the cycle I see in humans, including myself. So if you're going to do something like go keto or go carnivore and not eat carbs, you got to go in with the commitment that you're never doing it again and you need to understand why you're doing that. Because a lot of people go carnivore or keto and cut out all carbs and they don't end up losing all of their excess fat. In fact, a lot of times they become very frustrated because they don't lose much weight and they have a hard time losing any weight at all. You have to understand why you're putting your body in a ketogenic state and you need to understand why you would go carnivore and what you need to do to support your body as well as just eating meat. So if you're going to cut out all carbohydrates, I pick on this one first because it's the most popular, you need to either just do it for a period of time, more than one month, so three months maybe, or forever. So if you were to give up carbs for three months, you'd have enough time to get used to them not in your normal life, you'd get used to functioning without them, and then you could make more of an informed decision if you want to have them back in your life. But four to six weeks of no carbs just makes most people hangry for carbs. Same thing if you want to go vegetarian. If you want to eat only vegetables, I 
cannot more highly encourage you not to do that. People say why vegetables are good for you. Yes, vegetables in a quantity that is moderate for a human being are great. You say, oh, well, I know vegetarians, they're healthy and they're thin. They might be healthy and thin right now, but I guarantee you the buildup of lectins in their system is going to cause issues. The long-term health of lifetime vegetarians and vegans is very poor. There ends up being chronic inflammation, chronic diseases. Um, It's simply not true that it's healthier, and I'll go at you on this. I don't talk about it a whole lot because I don't care to sit and fight about it. There are people that will coach you all day long if you want to be a vegetarian or a vegan. I'm not that person. But there's no need to eliminate entire food groups. If you watch a documentary that tells you to only eat meat, do not do that because of a documentary. If you watch a documentary that tells you to go vegan, do not go vegan because of that documentary. There's always an agenda behind entertainment and there's somebody who wants you to change your behavior because it benefits them or they wouldn't have spent the money on creating the documentary. Somebody is benefiting from changing your behavior. Find that out before you modify your life based on entertainment, period. I don't care what it is. If there is entertainment to be found in a televangelist, find out what they're going to benefit from you changing your life. I did this when I started following Joe Dispenza. What does Joe Dispenza gain if I attend one of his retreats and I start meditating? Well, he makes money if I buy recorded meditations Um, other than that, there's not a whole lot. He does do a lot of research on people's brains because he has a vested interest in learning and getting more people to meditate and he gets vested interest or has vested interest in seeing people change their lives for the good. Now I'm from a evangel evangelical background where there's all kinds of snake oil salesmen and evangelists that want your money and all of this stuff. So the biggest skeptic in the room is me. I vetted the thing pretty darn hard because I don't want to just say, oh yeah, Dr. Joe says I should meditate three hours a day and my dreams are going to come true. You know, why would, you know, I want to know what he gets out of this deal. So far, he hasn't gotten anything more after my retreat attendance and buying some meditations, but I have gotten so much personal growth, joy, peace, love, contentment, forgiveness, freedom in my own soul. So anyway, I just went on a tangent. I love Dr. Joe. Uh, One thing that I love about Dr. Joe, just another little blurb, at the end of his conference that I went to, he stood at the stage of 1,500 people at the end of our meditation, and we're all in this state of happy bliss. And he said, how do you feel? And we all were like, we feel so good. And he's like, who did that to you? And we all just went, uh, we did. He's like, what did you find inside of you? It's like, love and joy. He's like, who put it there? Oh, I guess it was always there. And it was so amazing because we didn't take anything, we didn't smoke anything, we didn't eat anything. In fact, we were a little sleep deprived and um, tired of crappy hotel food. But we sat in that room and we all went inside of our own heart and souls and 100% of those people found joy. I mean, that's what everyone found inside. There wasn't anybody who found hate and blackness and pain. They found joy and liberation and I loved that. So that was a big tangent again. All right, what not to do to lose weight in the new year? Don't take the pills or the shots. Don't eliminate entire food groups unless you're willing to do it for a set period longer than a month or forever. And here's another one. Don't do it all at once. If you are sedentary and you're eating cookies and pizza all day and you only drink Mountain Dew and you don't get enough sleep, 
Do not think that on January 1st you are going to run three miles, eat vegetables and chicken breast, drink a gallon of water, go to bed on time, and love it. Okay? You have to start where you are. And you have to change something or a couple of things one step at a time. Don't try to do it all at once. If you want to make a lifestyle change in the new year, it's important to pick something and start there. If you do want to adjust all areas of your lifestyle at once, go for it, but adjust it in small ways. Your success rate is massive if you are willing to be mindful. Take your time, do one thing at a time. If something isn't broken, don't try to fix it. If you're running 10 miles a week, don't think that you need to start running 20 and changing your diet and changing your habits and getting out and volunteering and all all these things. Don't try to do it all at once. Pick one or two things to work on or improve or perfect and just start building that momentum with that one or two things. If you try to do it all at once, you've heard it, you've done it. The burnout, it's crazy. Another thing, what not to do. Remember that if you can't do it when you're super busy, you're not going to do it forever. That's why I talk about December being a great proving ground. If you can really work hard in December at keeping a, a routine, getting to the gym, getting your steps in, eating, you know, high protein foods, you know, controlling yourself at events and not going all crazy, then you're going to have great success the rest of the year when there's not so much to tempt you. So this month of December, I have a spreadsheet for every single day and I am logging my morning weight, which you know I don't believe in in weighing every day, but this is why I'm doing it. I want to see what I can do in the busiest, craziest month of my life with my health. I want to see how things react. I want to have all the data. So every single day I've weighed myself. I've written down my number of active minutes off my Fitbit, my number of steps, my number of calories in, my protein, carbs, sugar, fiber, fat, uh, my resting heart rate, and then a couple of notes about my day. It's so crazy to look at the data. I've got it to where um, I'm taking a weekly average on all those numbers, and then I'm taking the weekly average the following week and comparing. So to say, what was my change in the weekly average calorie intake, resting heart rate, um, weight, etc., to see how my body handles the highs and the lows, and to see what's possible when I'm super busy. Because A, it removes my excuses when life is quieter and I'm not so busy, and B, It shows me that when I'm consistent with the inputs, my output also stays consistent. My scale, I'm pretty sure the end of the month is going to be very similar to where it was at the beginning of the month. And my active steps have been up. My calorie steps have, my calories have been up. But in the end, because I have implemented my baseline things, the things that keep me feeling good, I'm not in the gym six days a week, but I'm in the gym three to four days a week. I'm not running every single day. I'm not getting my two-hour walks in every day, but I'm getting them in three to four times a week or two to three times on the weekend. I'm not getting all my protein in every single day, but I'm getting it in six days. I'm getting my steps in, etc. So if you can't do it when you're super busy, you won't do it forever. So this busy time is a good test of what is your baseline? What can you do? That way when life gets insane again, you can say, I don't have to be perfect, but I can fall back to baseline. I don't have to throw all my healthy habits out the door. I can just back off a little bit, be consistent, and this is what's, what's possible. So I found my baseline. Again, I've seen it. 
in this spreadsheet. My baseline is 18,000 steps a day, three to four lifts a week, three to four walks a week. Uh, my protein numbers, I know what they are, and that is where I can rest when I'm not chasing a big goal or I'm really busy. So, and when I... I'm chasing a big goal and I have more time, I can go harder. So if you can't do it when you're super busy, you won't do it forever. So remember that. Do not buy a ton of food and containers. So many people buy food prep containers in all of 2024. I am going to spend my Sunday making all kinds of recipes and I'm going to lay out these portion containers on my counter. I'm going to fill them up and I'm going to have chicken and green beans and rice for three days for lunches. And then for dinner, I'm going to have vegetarian chili and fat-free keto cornbread and um, carrots. And then I'm going to put all my protein powder in these little containers. I'm going to put them in a little shaker bottle and I'm going to put them in my little air-conditioned lunch bag and I'm going to do this for the entire year. No, you you will not, unless you're a fitness influencer online or you're an anal retentive um, OCD person, you're probably not going to stick with that. It's a lovely thought, but so many people buy all this stuff and I can't, I can't only imagine the tons of green vegetables that go to waste in people's crisper drawers by January 21st. I recommend that you think about which meal in your day is the toughest for you to stay consistent with. For a lot of people, it's lunch. Like they do fine. I get up, I eat breakfast. When I come home, I'm okay. I can make a healthy dinner. But lunch, I'm on the go. I don't know what to do. Okay. So for you, it might really be important to say, I'm going to food prep some lunches. So maybe I do food prep some chicken breast. So I have cooked chicken breast, but I would say three days of food at a time is enough. You know, pre-cook some chicken breast, pre-cook some steak bites, pre-cook some salmon. You don't need to do a massive um, food prep to pre-cook a few things or pick up a rotisserie chicken or maybe it is dinner. Maybe you're like, I have no problem, but dinner, I never know what to do. That's when you can say, all right, can I spend a couple of days um, a week where I make a double batch of something? So I have chili for two days or maybe I just think about what can be in my freezer for fast dinners? Can I get frozen burger patties? Can I get um, frozen fish fillets that I really like that I can put in the air fryer? Maybe I want to make a pot of rice on Sunday night so I've got rice cooked for a couple of days. Planning ahead and stocking up for a few days at a time is a strategy that you can do forever. But I do not recommend that you go on Amazon and buy 66 pre-divided um, microwavable lunch packing containers and all of the greens and kale that you are not going to eat um, for a month. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Just like buck the trend of this big, crazy, extreme thing people do. Don't do it. And now I'm going to defy what I just said. But one thing I encourage you not to do is do not weigh every day. I just said I'd do it in December. It's for data. But normally, do not weigh every day. Why do you want to know? There's so much, there's so much going on in your body from day to day that weighing every day, that's why I take a weekly average. I weigh myself every day, but I average out those seven days. And then the next week I make, I look at the difference between week one average weigh-in and week two average weigh-in. And that changes my average loss or gain. That's the best that we can do because blood volume changes, water retention changes based on activity, sodium, the type of foods you're eating. If you're a lady, the time of the month, don't weigh every day. I recommend you weigh once a month or maybe twice a month so you get a little benchmark of what's happening. But your measurement of success or failure should be on your consistency. Did you do everything you planned to do? 
awesome. That's progress. Did you increase your efforts from this from last week to this week? Yes, then that is progress. So don't weigh every day. And finally, don't watch the clock. If you start the new year and say, I've got to cruise the end of February, I got to quickly lose a bunch of weight in eight weeks, I got to go, 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 you're going to burn out. You're going to have a really hard time being so strict. You can start in January and make a change to your body by your cruise the end of February, but you're going to make better progress. <coughs> so I have to choke. You're going to make better progress. You're going to make more sustainable change. If you pick a couple of things, focus on changing them and being being consistent. So if you want to lose a bunch of weight by the end of February, set a reasonable goal like half a pound a week. You may say, well, absolutely not. I don't want to lose just five pounds. Well, if you lost five pounds off your body right now, you would feel amazing. Five pounds is 20 sticks of butter. Why does it need to be more than that? That's doable. That's sustainable. That's very low stress. And that feels really good. And usually if you calm down and focus on half a pound a week, you will lose more because you're worried about being consistent. You're not going to have big swings, highs or lows. It's a really great perspective to have. So to sum up, don't take supplements or pills or shots. Don't eliminate entire food groups. Don't do it all at once. If you can't do it when you're super busy, you won't do it forever. Do not buy tons of food in food prep containers. Just stock up three days at a time. Don't weigh yourself every day and don't watch the clock. So, okay, I told you what not to do. You're like, all right, Sherlock, what should I do? Here's what you need to do. You need to identify what the mud is. The mud is when you are stuck in indecision and you don't know what to do to make progress because you're confused. You have too much information. You know that keto worked for a while. You know that Weight Watchers worked for a while. But you know that nothing worked long term and you don't know what to do. And so you don't do anything. The mud is where you say screw it and you just go eat whatever and decide to deal with it again on Monday. The mud is when you don't feel like working out because you just overate so you don't work out either. The mud is draining of your energy. So if you're in the mud, the most important thing to do is to stop swirling and decide a path forward. Decide what you're going to do. All right, I'm confused, but you know what? I know that I feel better when at least I do this, when at least I log my food, when I at least eat protein at every meal. I know that I feel really good when I get a walk in every day or go to the gym. So start noticing what you're willing to do and decide, make a commitment, put it on your calendar. Because once you do that, you're out of the mud and you are making progress because you've decided and you have a plan. Now you just need to implement. And when you implement the plan, it all is magic. You have the relief of the anxiety because you have a plan to get out of the mud. And then the first time you make the first right decision, you realize you're on your way. So that plan doesn't do you any good until you make that first right decision. But the first right decision is the first moment that you get joy. So figure out what the mud is. Are you in the mud? If you are in the mud, make a decision what to do. The first thing to do, schedule it and do it. Because once you are out of the mud, you can establish that baseline. So what I was talking about with my spreadsheet is I kind of know what my baseline is. I can maintain my weight if I do these things. If I make sure I get a few walks in, I'm in the gym. If I'm 
eating consistently around this calorie number and this protein, I can stay at baseline. It's not dieting. It's not perfect. It's not ideal. It's not how I want to live, but it's not the mud. That is powerful to find your baseline. And you can establish that as you stay out of the mud longer and longer. There are levels that you might find yourself in to say, okay, I haven't worked out a day in my life. So for you, you should not start working out every single day. The first level would be getting up to 30 minutes of exercise six days a week, 30 minutes of walking, just move your body. That's level one. From zero, that's level one. And once you've got that in your lifestyle, level two would be to say, all right, I'm gonna go to 45 minutes or more, five days a week. So I'm gonna have two days where I'm not doing this, but I'm gonna go longer for five of those days. Once that's in your habit that you find, all right, I can do 45 minutes, five days. This is becoming more routine. Then we say, all right, the next level is we go 45 minutes or more of movement and we're going to go up in either duration or intensity. So now instead of a leisurely stroll, we're thinking about a power walk or a spin class or something more intense. That's what I mean by leveling up. We start where we are and we get really, really good at honing a habit and then we level up. Same with nutrition. If you're eating garbage food all the time and you have no nutritional foundation, then level one for you is simply logging all of your food and sticking to a calorie goal that is your basal metabolic rate plus 500. Once you can get to the point where you can just simply hit that number to maintain your weight, you will know, all right, I now am taking accountability for my nutrition. Then level two would be saying, all right, I want to have a calorie deficit. I want to know what I'm eating and I want to focus on protein. So these levels, one at a time, are how you move from the mud to baseline and into the perfectly healthy lifestyle. So when you realize that there is no race here and 2024 is a long chunk of time, it's a whole year, you may as well decide how to change your life in a way that you just know a year from now you'll be sitting saying, you know what, how did I do it? How did I get this transformation? Well, I decided to take my time and do it right. That's what you want to be able to say. And most people who sit here at the end of the year who say, yeah, it was an amazing year. I changed my life. They will say, I didn't keep my eye on the clock. I kept my eye on my consistency. If you listen to my interview with Nadina, you hear her say that. She wasn't watching the clock or the scale. She was looking at getting out there and getting that walk in every single day, period. It's the consistency. So if you want to learn more about this process of identifying the mud, establishing a baseline, and moving up to an ideal lifestyle level by level, that is what my online program is. I'm going to talk about it every podcast. This is my podcast, so I'm going to tell you about this because it's phenomenal and I spend so much time creating this content. You can start where you are and move into an ideal, perfectly balanced, healthy lifestyle that feels normal, that feels like what you want to do. You can do that step by step, and I teach you how, and it's amazing. So that's what not to do to lose weight. Aren't you glad you listened on what to not to do? I hope you got something out of that so you can decide what to do so that if you do have a weight loss goal in 2024, you are confident that you're going to get there. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. If you want to interact with me, go ahead and send me an email, Kristen at kristensmithonline.com. Follow me on Instagram, The Kristen Experience, and make sure you share this podcast with a friend. That's all I have for you today. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time here on Destination Begin.